Barry Schaffin from Nova Analytical Labs in the wonderful green state of Maine. Thanks for being here today to talk about some things that's going on up there. You know, it's really neat. You go back a few years ago, uh, even just within the last five years, when people thought of legal cannabis, they mostly thought of the West Coast. They thought of, you know, Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, Cal- Colorado. But now when you look at a map that's legalized, when you see it, the majority of the East Coast has some form of legal marijuana, whether it's medical, recreational, or both, or just at least decriminalized. And so I love seeing that. I love seeing the advances that we, especially with, you know, the East Coast being the primary the place of all of our political. And I mean, that's another argument and a conversation on its own with the decriminalization in DC and their approach to cannabis in DC and not pushing it onto the federal level. But there's something else going on in Maine, something that got sent to me today. Um, and I can see why this is near and dear to you guys that you want to talk about. So first, let's talk about what Nova Analytical Labs is. You were the co-founder and the, you're the COO of Nova Analytical Labs. So tell us a little bit about how it started about how you got into the space. I've been in uh, analytical testing um, for most of my career. Um, I started off in environmental testing um, shortly after that. Was involved in pharmaceutical testing, doing uh, phase two clinical trials, then moved into uh, toxicology, clinical toxicology testing. Actually from that, actually owned and operated my own clinical uh, toxicology laboratory. Through the analytical, uh, you know, testing uh, environment, uh, yeah. you know, from the since, since college, right? So and the life cycle as it was. Yeah, exactly. Um, so lots of, you know, lots of experience in analytical chemistry. And with that, always been a cannabis enthusiast, right? Uh-huh. Okay. From, you know, I don't want to say, I'm not, I don't want to date myself here, but from <laughs> a, like a lot of folks that tried, tried growing pot in my dorm room closet like a lot so you tried that you quickly discover you can't do that uh and, and stay in school at the same time uh, <laughs> and, you know after that tried my hand at it. i just i'm just not a gardener i'm not i'm not good at it don't have a green thumb but i am a damn good analytical chemist right so we started seeing a lot of this legalization occur uh, you know like you said started mostly on the on the west coast now it's kind of becoming more and more national um and there was a need right a need for testing services so i saw the need I had the skill set, man. I had the you know the passion, so it just it was a good fit. That's me personally. You know, how Nova started was uh, two like-minded individuals, uh, Greg Newland and uh, Chris Altamari, our partners. I've known Greg for decades. Uh, we kind of came up together through the clinical toxicology space. You know, we were having a conversation one day. I owned my own lab. He owned his own lab. Toxico- clinical toxicology labs. And we were just talking about, you know, the need for a good cannabis testing lab in the space. Um, at the time, uh, a lot of labs were started, you know, no offense to, to the real estate moguls, but a lot of labs in the early days were started about people who are in real estate, right? They just, they had the money, they had the space, like, I'm going to hire a, I'm a hire chemist fresh out of school and he's going to start this lab for me and we're going to be great. Fortunately, a lot of, you know, it doesn't work out that way. It's not that easy. These, these, these guys fresh out of school don't have a whole lot of experience and, you know, the owners of the lab in real estate don't have a little, whole lot of uh, scientific experience. So, you know, Greg and I were having the conversation. He was doing some consulting for cannabis labs. You know, it just, it just seemed like the right thing to do. It just, it was a fit. You know, we both had the passion for analytical chemistry. We both had a passion for cannabis. It just, it was, it was something that not only filled the need for the community, but a personal need for both of us as well. 
what's that old saying, uh, do what you love, you know, mm-hmm. there's no brainer. So we both divested from our, our toxicology labs. Greg knew Chris from his consulting. The three of us just kind of talked about it, put together a plan and it just worked. It, it just fit, made sense. It was Maine because that's your home state or was that? No, actually, actually Maine's not either none of our home states. I, I'm actually in uh, Austin, Texas. Right. Okay. <laughs> Pennsylvania. We scout, we scouted, we, we scouted every state, uh, trying to find where, you know, where we should start because our, you know, our, our goal was to not, was to have not just one lab. You know, we wanted to have multiple labs in multiple states. We wanted to kind of make Nova this brand and the, the symbol for integrity and, and accuracy. We looked a lot of different places and we settled on Maine because it was a new market at the time. No labs there. We're going to fill a need for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had some connections in, in Portland, talked to everybody, uh, just seemed like a good fit. We started a lab there. We ended up actually, another lab actually beat us to the punch and we were actually the second lab in Maine, but uh, it still worked out great. Nice. So let's get into a little bit, some of the issues. So let's timeline it really quick. When did cannabis go legal in Maine? So it's been legal uh, for quite some time, I think before 2016 for medical but I think the adult use passed, the voters passed it, I believe in 2018, the governor vetoed it, a new governor came in. I think, long story short, it went live in 2020, the AU program okay. went live in 2020. Okay. But there's now, a lot of history before that, that kind of leads to the, you know, the environment in Maine right now around cannabis. What is that environment? There's a medical program and there's an AU program. Right, the AU program, the adult use program, the recreational, is uh, very, very uh, regulated. You know, it's track and trace. There's mandatory testing, all that you know, standard uh, regulations you see from state to state. Mm-hmm. The medical uh, industry is essentially unregulated. Been that way since its inception. Right? It's, it was, it was the first one. It was one of the may have been earlier than California. Actually, I have to, don't quote me on that. I need to verify that timeline. Yeah, it, it had been in existence for quite some time, operating um, unregulated, and there was a lot of pushback from the like, the medical community to put any kind of regulations on on the on the medical program. Yeah, so that has carried through to today. Today, still, the AU program is very regulated, very regimented, track and trace, mandatory testing, and the medical program is still essentially non-regulated. No track and trace, no mandatory testing pretty you know just uh, wild west or loud that was going on for that was that was almost everywhere for a while i mean i I remember in the early days of colorado you would go into dispensaries when the early days of rec and they would have the rec side and the medical side um and the the product offerings were different Uh, the dosages were definitely different and the limitations were different and then that that sense has all changed now i mean going to pretty much any dispensary into colorado or even here in Nevada and the medical and recreational now is just basically a different price. You know, that's really, it's different price and it's different uh, daily limit. You can get more if you have a medical card and you get to pay less, but the products are the exact same. It all is the same testing and it's all the same man, uh, regulations and stuff. So that's sad because I mean, in a medical market, if anything that needs to go through even more rigorous testing, because those people that are using it, some of those people might have some really serious ailments. I mean, God forbid they have any type of any ability to fight infections or, uh, you know, if they have any other, you know, if they're just sensitive to different 
toxins or different uh, just pollutants coming in. And, you know, there's those people that have really bad allergens that can't ever leave their house. And if they leave their house, they have bad breakouts and everything. If they're using cannabis and that cannabis isn't clean and it's coming into them with all these different pollutants, what's that going to do to them? Yeah. And that, that kind of leads me into the, the, I think the thing that you guys wanted to talk about today, which I'm, I'm glad to talk about. I, regulation is something that is near and dear to my heart because I, I believe that through regulation, that's how we can have a better future for the space. I do, I do believe in the right kind of regulation though. I don't believe in the politicians being able to regulate everything. I think they need to come to people that have been in the space for years. They need to take all aspects. They need doctors, they need lawyers, they need chemists, they need far, they need the, uh, the farmers, they need everybody to come together and be able to give a good, honest opinion and help them, you know, really to just help them write the bills and write the laws and not have the politicians in charge of it because we've already seen it in a lot of different states when people that don't know the space get to write the regulations that run the space, we end up with a lot of a lot of headaches yeah. and a lot of things that just don't make sense, you know, like like we're seeing there in Maine. So the the article I'm referring to uh, came over. This is from you guys. This is from Nova Analytical Labs. It was posted on September 19th, 2023 talks about a it says 17% failure rate discrepancy revealed between state required adult use samples and voluntary medical samples submitted you highlight the risks and for lack of mandatory medical cannabis testing as i start reading through this article there's some pretty scary numbers in here samples that uh, so innova's anal innova's analysts of 3200 adult use compliant samples and 1,400 voluntary medical samples between March 2022 and June 2023, a failure rate of 3.82% in adult use samples, and a 20.73% failure rate in voluntary medical samples was observed. And then it goes into the pesticides. I'm going to let you name off the pesticides because you're a chemist and I'm not, and I would sound crazy if I started to, but as as a user, anytime I'm like, you know, drinking anything or eating anything, if I'm reading the label, I'm one of those people, if I'm reading the label and I can't understand what's in it, I don't use it. I don't want to put that in my body. And as I'm reading these things, this is definitely not anything that I want in my body. I don't want to be inhaling this. I don't want to be eating this, absorbing this. So I'm going to open up the floor to you, man. It sounds like there's uh, some problems in the quality of the product and the medicine out in Maine. Well, yeah, you know, we we did this study based off of, like you said, voluntary medical testing, right? So these are these are from our our clients that are in the medical field who are testing voluntarily because they want to make sure that their product is clean. That that says that twenty one percent of those are failing. So you know, what about the guys who are knowingly using, yeah, pesticides in their product, right? So that that failure rate in reality is probably you know much higher, well, exponentially. Yeah, but to me, this you know highlights the need for for some sort of regulation in the medical field, right? Uh, when you when you have a regulated industry that's only producing you know three point eight percent failure rate, and this is just pesticides we're talking about. This isn't uh, you know microbials or heavy metals or residual salt contaminants. This is strictly looking at the pesticides that we test for. One in five products off the shelf in the state of Maine, you know, by this by these numbers are going to be contaminated with pesticides. That's scary, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of it is not purposeful use of pesticides. You know, pesticides are tricky, man. You know, they are, 
they're everywhere. If you got to you got to grow next to somebody else who's using pesticides, a lot of that's going to it's going to get into your it's going to get into your product. It's going to contamination. Yeah, it's not that people are knowingly going out there because we have that's you know we have, that's a lot of excuse from our you know our potential customers like well I don't I don't use pesticides so I don't I don't need the tests it's like true you you know you 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 know you feel that you're not using pesticides so that you know your product's going to be clean but what about the guy next to you or the guy you know who's who's three acres down he was just spraying the hell out of his you know his his product and it's coming over yeah uh, that stuff just finds a way uh, of getting in and you know it's it's a good um, you know, roadblock to get the safety hurdle. I feel that, you know, consumers have the right to be protected, right? They have the right to kind of go into a shop and just, just have that feeling of, you know, no matter what I'm looking at here, it's going to be, it's going to be quote unquote clean. I, I don't have to, to, to do my research. I don't have to dig into it. And there's going to be those that, that will, right. As with everything, like you're kind of like me, uh, before I purchase anything, right. And I find out what's in it. But you know, not everybody's that way. That's that takes that's time consuming. You know that, right? I mean, yeah, it is. It it makes grocery shopping very difficult. A <laughs> <laughs> good the grocery store, or, you know, whatever, you know, cosmetic products, you know, uh-huh. or whatever you're going to put in and on your body, to go through and research every single product yourself is very very time consuming, and not everyone has that time or ability to do that. So I, I think as an industry. We have a responsibility, you know, to do that for the consumer. Agreed. Agreed. You know, especially like you're saying on the medical side of things, people are supposed to be able to trust anything that's medical use, right? Uh, when you go into a doctor's office, you're trusting that it's sanitary. You're trusting that they wash their hands and they're putting the gloves on or something, you know, when they're dealing with you, when you're, you're trusting that the medication that they're giving you is correct. I mean, that's also why people do turn to alternative medication though, is because they want to get away from some of the side effects. And so they want the natural medicine, but man, when we're, if we're giving them natural medicine that still has these other substances, I'll just call it that because like you said, it could be pesticides. It could be mild toxins. It could be mold. It could be heavy metals. It could be any sort of foreign substance that's not supposed to be there. Now, when they're taking that, oh my goodness. Like now they can't trust that side either. And that's something that we have to, to be able to do. And it scares me. I, I wonder. So when you guys were testing a lot of this, the pro, what was the product types that were you testing? Was it a wide variety from like flour, edibles, topicals, tinctures, oils, like concentrates, or was it more just dialed in towards like the flour or, or what was this that you guys were testing mostly? Oh, this, this is everything. This is everything. everything. Yeah. See, that's where that scares me is because when you get into concentrates, I have a lot of familiarity with that side of things. My my day job with uh, running a brand and stuff on the hemp side of stuff of things. When you're doing concentrates with all the the caustic, we'll just say the caustic chemicals and astringents that you use to be able to strip the plant material down to be able to isolate the cannabinoids and stuff. If not properly done, and if not properly purged and cleaned off, can be very toxic. And we've already seen that. And we saw that scare back in 2015, 2016 on the West Coast. And, you know, that thankfully has died down. But there's still a lot of irresponsible people out there doing unsafe practices that can potentially harm people. Because when we when you inhale something, that's the quickest way for absorption, pretty much, you know, and besides injecting it into your bloodstream. And so you got to be really careful. Some, some molds, I mean, good grief. I could only imagine someone that has a, an autoimmune disease 
and they inhale something with a mold. Oh my goodness. Like just the, the amount of damage that, that, that could cause. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you hit on it earlier about, you know, regulations not being done by just politicians. Um, you know, one part of that is, you know, politicians are inherently distrustful, right? <laughs> People just don't trust politicians in general, yeah. right? So any, anything that comes out in regs that are written by politicians only, gonna, there's going to be distrust, right? So yeah, I agree. You have to have a whole community that gets together to kind of set these rules and regulations. I guess where I'm going with that is, you, you know, you mentioned concentrates, uh, you know, no state has, I don't think they have the regs hundred percent right. You know, I don't think there's a single state out there that's just got it, in my opinion, just dialed in. Uh, one example in Maine, concentrates don't have to be tested for pesticides in the AU program if the flower was tested, right? And anyone who's ever, you know, done extractions or concentrates knows that by definition, you're concentrating. So yes, if the flower passes for pesticides, let's say there's a little hit there, but it passes the limit and this flower is clean, they concentrate it. We've seen this. We've seen this in our lab. You now, when you have it, you now created a product that's contaminated. Yes. I've seen it happen too. Yep. Yep. No, it's just, you, there's, there's problems like that in every single state and every single type of reg. There's no, like I say, no one's got it right. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier. You know, we need a coalition of, of folks to get together and come up with common sense regulations. It just makes sense all around. Yeah. Now, is that something you said you guys are trying to get multiple labs across the country uh, and trying to create a network. So do you have any more that than just in Maine? And have you guys been able to, to create that network? Well, we're, yeah, we're actually, we just partnered with a lab out of Florida called certified testing and data, uh, just to open a, a lab in New York and Albany. So, uh, it, that's, we're very, very excited about that. We just started that process. Um, hope we had that lab open by the end of the year, if not sooner. Um, but that will be our first, uh, laboratory outside of Maine that, that we're involved in. Right on. I love it. Have you guys ever worked with, uh, ACS labs down in Florida? We, we have it. Uh, we don't personally work in Florida as our partner that we just partnered with the uh, certified testing lab. I've been, gosh, and I'm not hundred percent sure, uh, who they've, you know, rubbed elbows with down there. Nice. No, ACS, uh, Roger Brown founder, CEO. He was on one of my earlier. Yeah. 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 Oh, they're a really good testing facility. We've had some of our products tested through them. They've been instrumental in helping in the hemp industry with just the massive amount of products that are in the hemp industry and you know just the overspread of how they're all over the United States. There's a lot of bad apples, but ACS has been able to maintain the the pinnacle of excellence at least for the hemp products and give giving a certificate of authenticity and you know actual true coas they've they've made companies mad before they've turned away business before and stuff but they've they've made a name for themselves and so we need more people like that people like yourselves that are true to what they do and not just there to make the money because at the end of the day you know you give bad results you give non-passing results to a client they're not happy with you they might yeah. go somewhere else they might try to get it because they want those passing results you know so it's uh you know it, it comes down to where you said with people in the beginning that weren't in this space for the right reasons and they were in it just, oh, I see a need. Let's go. I have the money. Let's buy the property. Let's build a building. Let's hire a chemist and let's just make some money. Those are the type of labs that are always going to be passing out, pa passing COAs. We refer to it as COA shopping where, you know, you have your product and you send it out to as many labs. And when you get the one that you need to see to post, all right, we're clean. We're good. This is the one we're going to roll with. Yeah. 
We call it lab shopping, but yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. <laughs> same thing. Same, same exact thing. And that's, and that's that the one of the things that's got to be fixed. Yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, um, that's one of my biggest priorities, um, you know, in the industry as well as in Maine is lab shopping. I think when people ask, you know, what's the, what's the biggest problem you, you, you know, I see from my perspective, one would be non-regulation and two would be lab shopping. Mm. I think there really has to be a crackdown on laboratories. I think the labs should be the most scrutinized part of this industry. It's, you know, we're kind of the, we're the gate, um, gate gatekeepers, I guess, for lack of better yes. term. We're the guys who say this is, this is good to go. Right. Yes. Uh, I used to say in the, in the beginning that I feel that the lab industry is what's going to legitimize the cannabis industry, right. Mm. By showing that this product is clean and safe, you know, cause you got to still, there's still a lot of folks out there, you know, less and less every day, but there's still a lot of folks out there who feel like, Oh, cannabis is it's the devil. It's evil. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Can't, 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 can't consume that stuff. And yeah, reefer madness. It's still alive. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. It is. It is. I feel like, you know, our part of this and from a lab standpoint is showing people look, this, this is safe. This, this is clean, contaminant free, you know, to the best of our ability. And, you know, for, you know, lack of a better term, it feels like that the labs kind of, will kind of legitimize this and, you know, maybe one day we won't be needed, but I feel like, you know, at this point we are. You know, lab shopping is is uh, it, it is a real thing. It's a big you know a big problem in our industry. Uh, I think you got to come into this thing with the right reasons. You know, you have to be here with integrity, and you have to be here with accuracy. You know, we're coming from the clinical space. You know, it number one mantra was you know you had to be one hundred percent correct one hundred percent of the time because whatever result you put out to, the, to a physician was going to be how he treated his patient, right? That was going to determine how that patient got their care. So we kind of take that same philosophy to cannabis, right? It's it's not a flower. It's not an oil. It's it's not an edible coming into our laboratory. We look at that as a patient, right? Because whatever we say is in that product is going to directly affect the consumer, right? It's going to affect the public health at large. So we have to treat it like that. Uh, you know, it, it can't just be a product we have to look at it like a patient. So yes, accuracy and integrity are key in this lab space. I feel, you know, I always, Greg and Chris and I are always talking like, you know, if, if, if we haven't pissed some people off, we're not doing our job. That's right. That's right. <laughs> if everybody, if everybody coming to our lab is happy 100% of the time, then we're not doing our job right. Because people are going to fail. And it sucks to tell them that it sucks to tell them that their products have some contaminants in it. They're not going to be able to sell it, but you know, that's just part of the job. Mm-hmm. No, I, I thank you for that. We need, that's what we need. I, I hope that the labs never go away. You guys are the gatekeepers. We need safe, we need safe products. I never want it to turn into where it's just such a commercial product that now it's treated like tobacco or alcohol. I don't ever want that because it's not, I never want it to be used the same way. That's that's my advocacy. I never want it to be treated like alcohol or tobacco and regulated like that because it's a completely different product. Alcohol and tobacco don't heal. Cannabis does. Yeah, yeah, and that I agree 100. percent My you know my dad was on he you know, had a terrible back injury, and you know he was on fentanyl, oxycodone. You know it was just the side effects were just killing. But you know, cannabis got him off. He he doesn't take he doesn't take uh, opioids anymore. Uh, he just used cannabis, and luckily Texas finally passed because uh, we live here in Texas. 
finally passed some some minimal uh, medical cannabis. Mm-hmm. Their compassionate care. Yeah, yeah. So, but even then, it's really Texas is a horrible program. So restrictive. That's 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 a whole new that's a whole new episode. That is that is yeah. That's a whole nother episode. So there's a lot of people that don't realize that they you tell them like Texas and they're like, wait, I thought that was like you know you get in a lot of trouble. It's like yeah, you you do still get in a lot of trouble for cannabis, but if you have your medical card, then you know you can get out of that. But it's still very 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 limited. And yeah, and and in that there's no testing like the. Texas allows the the few medical producers that it does have. They essentially do their own testing, and really all he tests for is potency. That's it. Yeah, no, you can't self regulate like that. Let's. I want to kind of switch topics here for the end of our for end of our talk. The Safer Banking Act is coming out, and I'm sure you know everybody in the cannabis industry is tracking that. So I kind of want to get your feeling as an analytical lab on that. And how does that affect you guys? What are you looking for in that? Um, I kind of look at it and, you know, in a kind of a pessimistic light because we've seen this come through before multiple times and it never gets, never. So I'm not, to be honest with you, I've just stopped following it. I've stopped reading what's going through now because right. it, never, it never seems to pass. Um, you know, the day that it passes is the day I'll actually get into it again. <laughs> and again, that's just my pessimistic attitude. You know, it's just uh, one of those things where I'll believe it when I see it. Got you. Well, I'm ho- I'm hopeful for it. I I agree though. We've oh, seen it come through always several times. <laughs> I'm hopeful for it this time. It seems to have a little bit more traction. There's I'm interested. I was seeing some of the sponsors on it. I'm from Wyoming. That's the state that I claim I live there the most, and that's where I've started companies and stuff out of. And Wyoming is for years has been very very anti cannabis, but that's on the political side now the general population they want it they support it they're always driving down over the border either to colorado or up to montana depending on which side they live on and they're purchasing it Uh, we've gotten the there's actually a lawsuit going on in wyoming right now um the normal organization is heading it up to sue the state because they it was i think it was like triple the amount of signatures that were needed for the petition and they denied them and they said that they weren't registered, even though they were all registered voters and they had all the proof and everything. So there's a lawsuit going on against the state right now. For the first time ever, the Cheyenne City Council, which is the capital, the Cheyenne's the capital, the Cheyenne City Council has proposed a decriminalization of uh, marijuana and medical marijuana for the state. So there's some things happening. And the senator, a Republican senator, Senator Loomis, she's one of the main sponsors of the Safer Banking Act. So it's neat to see some of the the people that you least expect and some of the states that you didn't expect actually pushing forward in this for advancement of access to marijuana. So, yeah, yeah. People can't surprise you. Like we talked about earlier, you know, politics, politicians, man. (laughs) All right. They're going to do what's right for them at the time. Thank you guys for what you're doing over at Nova. I, I truly am thankful for good labs that have no problem telling someone when something isn't right. And telling someone when their product is going to fail and that they need to go back and do it again. That way, yeah. like you said, the patients can trust us when they come into the shops and purchase the products. Absolutely. You know, that's what we strive for. That's what we're here for. And, uh, you know, we go we go a step further. You know, if we have to tell somebody their product fails, we, we have services where we come out, we do environmental swabbing, we test water, we test your soil. Like, we, we're here to be partners with our clients. You know, we, yeah everybody that way it's like look if you're failing for something let us come out let us come and see if we can trace where this source of contamination is and then you can fix it and then you can go forward 
passing. You know, you go forward with clean product instead of just mm-hmm. going loud down the street so you can get a passing result. You know, that's just yeah. that's just not the way to go. Um, you know, not like you said, it's not it's not always the pest. It's not them. They're not always using the pesticides. Maybe it's maybe it's in their water lines. They didn't clean out their water lines, their irrigation lines, and now they got mold or something. Maybe it's in their trays or their dirt or maybe, you know many different things that yeah, we've factored down to HVACs, ducks. I mean, we've uh, we it's yeah, it can come from anywhere. That it, it's, contaminants can come from anywhere. It's it's uh you know it's kind of our philosophy to help you help you figure that out. And now so you guys are more than just a testing facility. Then if, if we're expanding on that, you guys are a regulatory board, a compliance board for the space as well for, I mean, it sounds like the grow ops and, and the cleanliness of the space and stuff you guys are helping. Yeah. Yeah. We, that's certainly a service we provide, you know, again, we want everyone to succeed in this. I hope you guys get active in some of the regulation and stuff that comes up because you got some very good ideas and forward thinking and you understand the practices that need to be in place and the checkpoints that need to be gone through to create a safe, reliable, consistent product. So, yeah, absolutely. And we do, uh, we, we participate a lot and, uh, you know, the governing body and Maine, the OCP, they're very receptive to our feedback and our input and we, we give it, <laughs> we, we, we they probably get tired of hearing from me, but, uh, we certainly do give it. Well, I've seen the most change happen when in regulation, when people like yourself get involved, uh, I have some friends that own a lab in a manufacturing lab in Florida. I'm also friends with Roger Brown. Um, in Florida, when they beat the recent bill that would have banned hemp products, like would have killed the hemp industry in Florida, it was the industry professionals, uh, lab technicians, scientists, chemists that uh, that came forward and gave their testimonies. Some people out of pocket, I mean, you probably understand this, toxicology reports are insanely expensive. Uh, those studies are insanely expensive. And Arvita Labs, out of their own pocket, has done two toxicology tests on two separate cannabinoids and they were able to present those findings and everything. And so because they were professionals in the space and they came at it from a different light, they were able to help and get some really progressive bills passed and, and save the, the hemp space in Florida. So thank you for having that voice. Yeah. Well, we tried on that. Well, have a great day today, bro. I'm sure you got lots of stuff to get to. Uh, thank you for just giving us some time today to talk about what Nova's doing and, and the excellence that you guys are creating up in Maine and uh, best of luck to to you out in Texas as well and the new ventures that you guys got going on with the new lab coming up in New York. So wish you guys the best of luck. Awesome. Thanks, man. You too. I appreciate you having us on.